0: But without further ado, Michael Rappaport now on the air. What's up, Mike? How you doing?
1: I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. How you guys doing?
0: Doing good, man. I I know you're on a tight, busy schedule, so I I first want to say thank you and appreciate you spending some time with us tonight, man.
1: No, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. What's going on, you guys?
0: Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, just just waiting for the documentary to air the, tonight. The weather's changing over here in the city. People are getting sick like me. So um, I, I was like, hey, if I had the opportunity to get Michael on at 12 o'clock before I go to work later on, I might as well do it, man. <laughs> Let's
1: do it. Let's do it.
0: Um, like I said, we're, we're hours away from the documentary airing tonight. Again, people, it's, it's ESPN, 9 o'clock tonight when the garden was eating. But you've been on radio shows and TV shows the past couple of days. I just want to know, how do you feel right now? Do you feel anxious, nervous, tired, maybe huh. a little overwhelmed? I, or, or, are you ready?
1: I, I'm totally ready. Um, I, I'm a little tired, um, but, but, you know, <laughs> just because I'm a little talked out, but I've been right. really trying to support the movie and get the word out because I'm very proud of it, and I think people are going to like it. Um but but to be honest I'm I'm excited for people to see it and and you, you know you you make a film like this like uh when the garden was eaten, <laughs> you make it for the fans and um you know the 30 for 30 series is so revered and and, and well loved and and there's right. been so many great ones I just wanted to you know put put uh you know put one out there and and hopefully people will like it but like you know I was saying last night I actually was at the Knicks game and and I ran into uh Phil Jackson, not that I'm name dropping, but it's it mm. I did run into him and uh you know, and he asked me the same thing and I said, you know, I made the movie for you guys and for the fans, so I'm looking forward, you know, to sort of handing it off because it's not my movie. It's it's everyone else's movie. Um so I right. I'm excited about people watching it and I'm going to be live tweeting and texting and all that stuff when it's on it and I I'm I'm going to I'm just looking forward to people uh seeing it and hopefully enjoying it.
0: Mm. Well, I did I did hear you say on MSG last night that that you love doing it because it it it's a passion project. But how difficult or how challenging or how much different is it for someone like you to now, you know, do all the work behind the camera as opposed to being, you know, being so used to being in front of it.
1: Well, when you're when you're acting, it's it's a lot of responsibility, but it's not the sole you're not the sole person in charge. So, I have to just take care of myself. And I, I, you know, the other things that I'm worried about, I have to kind of let go, but when you're directing, you know, uh, you have to answer to everybody, you have to answer everyone's questions, and at the end of the day, you know, what you say goes, for better or for worse. So you feel the pressure and you feel the responsibility a lot more when you're the director, although I don't... Make every decision on my own and and I have a fantastic team around me and, and and i'll take ideas and suggestions from you know a homeless guy on the street that it will help the film but 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 if it, if 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 those don't work out you know especially because i'm i'm you know, uh, a little bit more recognizable than some some directors because I'm an actor. You know, when I walk down the street, I'm not anonymous. So if if they hate the movie, they're going to be like, Mike, you fucked up the Knicks movie, or Mike, you fucked up. This <laughs> Wait, am I allowed to curse? I'm sorry. Will you beat me out? Um, uh, you you know, you screwed up the Knicks movie. You screwed up the Tribe Called Quest when we saw You feel that responsibility, and and I and I feel a sense of a, uh, you know, I, I I feel that I feel that pressure. So um you know I, I try i try to do the best i can, but, but it's a, it's a little different but but they're both just uh, just as gratifying when when uh when people like it
0: now did the e s p n come to you with the idea or was this something that you had um you know brewing and say hey e s p n this is something i wanna do
1: um they, you know, we had a, a mutual respect. Obviously, you know, like I said, I love the thirty for thirty, so they knew, interested in them, um, and then they said, you know, we'd love to find something, and, um, uh, you know, I, uh, we 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 suggested, you know, the when the garden was eaten, which was already a book that was written, right. and they were like, cool, we we would love it. Like they knew the story. It's not like you know, the story has has been told before. It's, it's an iconic story. It's, it's a you know, it, 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 it spanned the test of time, so people are still interested in it. But they said if you could get the guys, if you could get Willis, if you could get Bradley to sign on, if you could get Marv Albert to sign on, we're down. And and, and, and we were able to contact them, and they were all just like, yep, we'll do it. Phil Jackson was like, yep, we'll do it. And then we just started doing it. It was kind of uneventful the way it got started, uh, but that was the easy part. Then you, then you have to, you know, produce, produce it and, and, and try to make something good. Um, so um, – you know, working with ESPN was a real breeze because it's it's. Although they produce these films, they're not a, a you know a movie studio, so they're really uh you know they're really supportive of the filmmakers, and I think that's why right. they get such good work because they really empower the filmmakers. So it, it was it was a real pleasure.
0: Mm-hmm. Now I'm pretty sure there was a lot of people you wanted to have a sit down interview with uh, for for the project, but. Did you get a chance to sit down with everyone, whether a Nick player or not, who you really wanted to interview for the film?
1: That's a good question. Um the no, you know, we didn't we got almost everybody but a couple of people that I wanted I couldn't get. Like I wanted Julius Irving, I wanted Doctor J because I wanted to talk to him about um you know, what it was like playing in, in, in the old Madison Square Garden and the climate of, 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 of New York Knicks basketball before they were successful just because he's so iconic and he's so important. I wanted Woody Allen because he was there. You know, Woody Allen has been at the Nick game since these teams were playing. He 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 rarely misses a game. So, uh, you know, I wanted him. He was busy and, and Doc was busy. And there were a handful of other ones. I mean, in the beginning you put a wish list together, like 60 names, and, and you're never going to get them all. as As hard as you try and as much as you want them. Um, and and it's, it's, you know it's just never going to happen. So those are probably the two guys that I would love to have in the film. I just I just couldn't get a hold of them and just couldn't schedule it. So uh, it, you know, but but I, we we got more than enough you know great great people. So I, I think mm-hmm. we're in good shape.
0: And, and anybody who knows you, they should know you're a diehard Nick fan. So obviously this is a, a, a big time project for you. Um, how how long did you work on the project?
1: Uh, it took about 13, 14 months to, to finish it um okay. uh, from beginning to end and um and uh you know it was it was hard work, but it was fulfilling and I think that's sort of part for the course I and mean, documentaries they they take time they're they're sort of grueling but they're they're very fulfilling if if they're done if they're done if they're done well
0: mm-hmm. were there any elements or stories that you wanted to put in there or needed to put in there? That, that most Knicks fans, whether they're older or, or, or young like me, don't know too much about, about that team during that era?
1: Probably the craziest scene in the film that 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 uh, is unique and it's never been discussed or shown. It's been discussed but it's never been shown in 1963 opening night at Madison Square Garden, the old Madison Square Garden. The Knicks took on Jerry West and the Los Angeles Lakers, and Willis Reed got into a fight with the entire Laker team and won. And, and um, you know, it, it kind of sent a message to the, to the rest of the league that the Knicks were no longer going to be the doormats of the league. And, um, you know, that footage was buried since then. And uh, fortunately, you know, we got clearance from the NBA to, to unearth it. And, um, you know, the guys were very uh, open and candid and talking about it. And, and they weren't doing it in an exploitive way. They were just doing it in a way like – it, it was sort of a defining moment for the team because they realized they had somebody that, that was, uh, you know, going to be going to sort of stand up for the Knicks. So it, that, that was a really, I think people are going to trip out off of that and, and, uh, kind of, it's very violent. It's kind of shocking to see it. And it's, it's an old black and white, but you clearly see Willis Reed, like just taking, you throwing bodies off of him and, and, you know, breaking bones. So it's pretty wild to watch.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, man, I, I do got a few couple before I let you go. Um, you know, like you said, you'll be live tweeting tonight during during the film. But you know, yeah. at tonight, what do you think the overall feedback is going to be from diehard Nick fans?
1: Um, well, I think diehard Nick fans are, are my easy audience. I think you know, uh, I'm a Nick fan. It, it, it's from my perspective. Um, I think I think and hope that that that, that Nick fans will love it. They'll they'll they'll, they'll uh, it'll, it'll it'll remind and and and, and inform. And 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 uh, you know sort of uh, you know celebrate this great team that 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 was able to come together from all all different backgrounds and and put all their differences and egos aside and and win for the betterment of the team and they were the consummate New York team that that played uh, you know a, a brand of basketball that you seldomly see in, in the modern era you know the closest you could compare to those those New York Knicks of, of the nineteen seventy seventy three 1970, 73 era is uh, the, the modern San Antonio Spurs. That, that's a mm-hmm. similar style. You know, it's a real team and um, real sort of selfless basketball. And it was beautiful to watch, and uh, it, was, it was beautiful to explore as a filmmaker of uh, making Winter Garden City. Mm-hmm.
0: Before I let you go, um, this current Nick team, what do you think? Playoffs, yes or no? If so, how far did they go?
1: Well, it's hard to say how far they're going to go because, you know, we haven't even started yet, and I think, you know, the season's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be the East is totally shifted, you know, obviously because of LeBron. The Cavaliers are, of Miami is not going to just get pushed around. I think, obviously, Chicago and the health of Derrick Rose is, is the biggest question mark, maybe in, in basketball, besides the health of Kobe Bryant. Um, but I think the Knicks will definitely make the playoffs. I think there'll be a seven or eight seed. I mean, if they really – maybe if they pick somebody up, they could go down to a a, a six seed. I don't expect them to win a championship. You know, I'd be foolish to to try to say that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think that the climate and the culture and and just the the, the mentality of of, of the New York Knicks and the New York Knicks basketball is going to improve. It has to improve. We have Phil. uh, I think Derek Derek Fisher is going to be a surprisingly good uh, choice. And, and and I think that, you know, I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be good. I think there's going to be some, some slips and slides um, because it's a new system and, and, you know, they still don't have all the manpower that I think uh, they're ultimately going to get when, when some cat salary space opens up. But I think we're going to be, you know, I think we're going to be respectable. And I, and I think the most important thing for Knicks fans is that they'll stand behind the team. The team just plays hard every night. That's the thing that, I think Nick fans are most sensitive to is is the is, is sort of the effort and if I think if we give the effort I think Nick Nick fans will, will stand behind this group.
0: Mhm. Two more. I, I I do want to tell you that um I wanted to get you on I think about a year ago, I finally saw the the Trial Cold Quest documentary and it propelled me to get Fife on the show uh I think early Early in the year or late last year, I just always want to tell you that it was it was a great job, well done. Uh, it, it, it made me become more of a fan of the group. Certain things I didn't even know about the group, um, but you but you put it out there. And, and since that day, I probably saw it, like I said before, I, I saw it five times. I, I was always a fan of that group, and I always want to let you know that, you know, the job you did was so so great and, and outstanding, man. And I, as a hip hop fan, just like you are, I I definitely needed that, and I appreciated what you uh-huh. put out.
1: Well, I appreciate that. Thank you.
0: Um, okay, w- one more. I, I know you have this thing called the I Am Rapport Podcast. I, I, I want to give you the platform to talk a little bit about it, how people can listen to it, because as your words, it's a worldwide fucking phenomenon. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's funny. I love that. Yeah, I started a podcast about a month ago. It's the I Am Rappaport podcast. It is a worldwide fucking phenomenon. Everybody knows about it. They're talking about it in Korea, North Korea, South Korea, Southeastern Korea, South Korea. And you can find it uh, where where you can find other podcasts on, on i4 at com. It's a lot of fun. I talk about everything. I talk about social stuff. Um, I talk about current events. I Obviously, I talk about sports and film, which are probably the two things I'm most passionate about. I talk about I talk about my kids and talk about my ex-wife, talk about my ex-wife's dog. You know, it it's just fun, tongue, tongue in cheek. I don't think uh it's too serious. I have some good guests coming up. Um I, you know, I've interviewed some fun people and I, and I and I love doing it. I love, you know, talking uh talking shit and 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 hopefully talking smart and um and I really do love interviewing people uh, and, and and uh so I think uh, I think people get a kick out of it. It's, it's I am Rapport and it's the I am Rapport stereo podcast. Finding it on iTunes, it's easy to find. And um, thanks for uh, you know bringing that up. But yeah, as you know, as everybody knows, it is a worldwide fucking phenomenon. <laughs> I mean, Everybody's talking about it, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I saw somebody tweeted out to say, "Hey, you know, Michael went went ham on, on describing the, his favorite Nas verse," and then I then I clicked on it, and you went like like a half hour long on just the Nas halftime rhyme, and I was like, "Wow!" When you really break it down and, and hear it, it's like. You know, it's really some powerful shit that you just don't really don't know until you really break it down and, and the wordplay. But it's someone like you, I mean, who's a big Nas fan, would would know that. Yeah, I mean, jeez. Right? And when
1: you're reading it, I was reading it because you know I'm not one of these people that remembers lyrics. Right. So when you're reading it, like I could kind of be like, oh, he said this and this line, and then you kind of la 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 you know, Nike, you know, Nike sing, uh Nike head, you know, like I don't know all the words, but I, you know, you know the song. But when you, I was reading it, I was like, Jesus, you know, like this. He wrote it, and he probably wrote that rhyme probably when he was seventeen, eighteen. I think mm-hmm. that 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 album came out. when He was nineteen. And you're like just, you know, automatically, but not even four, just four lines into it, we're talking about the song halftime. You were just like this guy's. Uh, you knew right there this he was good, he's someone special, right. right off the bat. You know, first 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 four 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 lines, not even the first verse. It was it was just. Uh, it was just, uh, you know, it was just sick. So, uh, or maybe Four Lives is a verse. What do I know? I don't know nothing about music. I just know what I like. But, uh, yeah, so I love that song, and I, and I love doing the podcast, and it's a lot of fun, and people seem to get a kick out of it and uh, haven't gotten myself in any trouble, and I don't want any trouble. So it, it's good time. Well,
0: that's good, man. I, hey, Mike, I, I know you got to run, but – um. They definitely appreciate you coming on the show on a short notice. Um, again, when the Garden was eaten tonight, ESPN nine o'clock. Check him on the podcast. I am Rapport on iTunes. Mike, thank you, man. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you for coming. Thanks for the support, and uh, I, uh, I can't wait to talk to you again, man. Thank you.